0: I, th- I feel like humor is a way to open people up. So if you approach something through humor as opposed to like a didactic, for example, like a, like a political play or a, um, agitprop play, uh, that's more didactic, you're gonna go, okay, okay, but, in a satire or a Buffon show, nobody's safe, you know, especially in the theater, uh, Buffon comes into the space and they're laughing at you. Like they're seeing, they see through everybody there. And so there's a, a danger, but a fun to it.
1: All right let's do this everybody. Hello hello welcome I've been the this intro has been brewing for a few weeks. Um, I recorded this show on August 19th so it hasn't been that long but it feels like there's been a lot brewing and and I'll get to why um, but first I just want to say something about Ted lasso. <laughs> Hopefully that came out of uh, left field for you. Uh, People have been telling me to watch it, especially family and and close friends, since April. Um, Yeah, big changes in my world in April. And for the best, ultimately. But big changes, nonetheless. And Ted Lasso was recommended. I finally started watching it, and it is so great. It's so much fun for the whole family. I feel like Ted Lasso, Groundhog Day... There's a long list, but I'll just leave it at that. They're so, so good. Um, Those are perhaps odd to compare, but I did it nonetheless. If you haven't watched it, watch it. It's fun for the whole family. Um, Although my parents don't really like Griffin watching it, I guess because there's um, sexual innuendos, to say the least. But yeah, it's fun for the whole family, in my opinion. And speaking of fun for the whole family... Fun segue here. Native cafe. Come on. What could be better than going and getting the coffee for the rents? Assuming you don't give coffee to your kids. Um, I don't, although Griffin takes a sip now and then. And a little donut, a little bagel, a little baked good, a little uh, Thai flavored egg sandwich. Maybe just sit and enjoy the view of beautiful downtown Doylestown, inside or outside. What could be better? Fun for the whole family, Native Cafe. That's what I got to say. Oh, they sponsored this show. All right. Now what's been cooking for a while? What's uh, what's this creative constipation, if you will? These intros are important to me. Um, Sometimes they're short, sometimes they're long. This is going to be hopefully a medium one. But I really wanted to get a lot in this intro, especially because you're going to need it to know where... Ross, uh, Ross Travis, a.k.a. B.S. Sears, where he and I are coming from. So for me, it feels like it's taken a, a little while to prep for this. Um, so much so that I'm behind now on four episodes in terms of recording intros, but that's besides the point. I think the, the focus of this show with Ross is inherently, I, I think he'd agree, let me know, Ross. It's inherently provocative. The primary focus is inherently provocative. Um, to some extent, Ross's work is inherently provocative in a good way. There's definitely he is definitely provoking in a I think positive way. I love it. And you'll hear more about that as I as I go through the intro. But I really care about presenting what Ross and I discuss accurately and, and representing it in a certain certain light. Um, Here at Quarry we have have a lot of sayings, and one of them, one of my favorites, one of the ones I seem to say a lot, or, or most often, especially recently, is, absolutes are always bad. Absolutes are always bad. If you are laughing at that, good. Then you get the joke. You understand the absurdity of, well, a lot of thinking, and a lot of excessive tendencies they tend to lead excessive tendencies often seem to result in absolutist thinking and absolutist behavior and absolutes are always bad so the joke there though is of course okay you can't absolutely dismiss absolutism or excess there has to be a place that is to say in a in the context of life itself in all the context of all of existence Everything has a place. Everything fits somehow. It's not always obvious how, but somehow. Everything has a place. J.P. Sears is someone you may have heard of. I actually have invited him on the show. I would be delighted to speak with him. If anybody can connect us, I would sincerely be... I would do that show in a heartbeat because they're so it's so provocative he is a case study to me a case study in how you can walk the path of a satirist so to speak which i think is how many people met him as a quote-unquote comedian i say quote-unquote because quite frankly he is not funny anymore (laughs) uh not even a little bit especially if you know well if you've ever listened to any of his podcasts um, as opposed to just look at his social media stuff. He is not funny. But he is a case study in the the path of a uh, kind of satirist walking this razor's edge of, of, of poking at the absurdities and these excesses and then falling into one of the extremes, one of the very traps that he's poking at, falling off that razor's edge into pit of his own extremism. The, I'll, I'll unpack that a bit, but the problem with JP in particular is that I don't think he'd ever, one of the many problems, but, well, I don't think he would ever agree with what I just said or be willing to consider it, to say the least. Um, and that is... That is the problem. That is the problem. Is he, at this point, this red-haired fella that I think people fell in love with or, or appreciated because he was bringing, shedding light on the, the very thing that we're talking about, absolutism. Um, he's become an absolutist in his own, in my opinion, terrifying way. And I say terrifying on purpose, because if you know him for his in his honest, earnest way that he presents himself on his podcast, I don't think it's wrong to say that J. P. Sears is chomping at the bit for the revolution and the ability to take up arms and storm the figurative castle and um, overthrow the, as he would see it, communist government or the, or at the very least, he would be part of the willingly and excitedly and um, passionately, like a crusader, he would take up arms to defend freedom from the communist takeover. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, (laughs) which is very possible, please go look up JP Sears. but. Definitely don't just look up the social media. Go to his podcast. Listen to his conversation with Elliot Hulse. Uh, listen to him describe literally why he changed. He's very, very honest about it. The primary problem for me is how does this guy fit in the hole now? Because he is not subtle about what, what I just said, literally, believing there is a communist takeover, that the 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 threat to our livelihood, so to speak, the American livelihood that is, is, and the the Christian livelihood, he is without a doubt just a certain kind of Christian, and I'm a certain kind of Christian, believe it or not. But he, is, I'm just not very attached to that label in any. In a general sense, he is a very he is a certain kind of Christian who inherently believes he is doing God's work. Um, in defending the American way of life, American freedom from the communists. And again, if you you've no sense of that, go look into this. Go, go see what he's championing, and then go further back years before and see what he was doing prior to this as he calls it, change uh, which seems to relate to becoming a father, maybe getting married I don't know um, leaving California because of the the pandemic um, but now living in Texas, he is very, very obsessively focused uh, on selling, this freedom is under attack brand and message in a way that I think is scary, uh, uh, scary as can be. It's as scary as can be. Mostly because he does not seem to question any of it. He does not seem to even notice the possibility that he could be wrong. I am aware, I'm very aware. There's something of value in what he's saying. There's something that has to fit here. There's a reason for it. There's some, dare I say, kernel of truth to it. But, and that is to say, I don't see the whole picture. There's clearly more to see. There's clearly more to learn, as there always will be. I don't get the impression he even can (laughs) fathom the possibility that he's wrong or that there's something more to see. And I think that's terrifying because he presented himself for so long to the public. And this guy, I'm bringing, I'm, I'm packing all this because millions of people pay attention to this person. He presented himself as a comedian who was championing being your own weirdo and having a and compassionate communication for God's sake. He was a student of like nonviolent communication essentially. And he is now proud to say that he is ready to take up arms and fight the communist devil. So, how does this relate to Ross? <laughs> um, I first thank you for bearing with me and and hearing the uh, the the intensity of that because it is it it, it is dramatic to me um i first heard about ross or or discovered ross if you will through the wonderful world of the internet um because he did this video last december december 10th is when i saw it um yeah it was at the it was in the end of 2020 and and i immediately wrote to him saying how much i loved it he calls himself in the video bs sears and there are two of them, actually. He's done two. I just um, wrote to him about the one at the time. It's hilarious, especially if you know the journey that I just described of this person named J.P. Sears, who, again, I would love to talk to and, and hear him explain himself and and find out if there's any room to um, see things differently. And maybe he'll convince me that I'm crazy, maybe, but that's not likely. I mean, I am crazy, but not in the context that we're describing here. Yeah. Um, yeah, B.S. Sears, Ross does this incredible impression that's just total satire of of JP. You got to go watch it. You have to watch it before you uh, hear Ross and I talk. It's not even worth trying to explain. Just go watch it. Look up B.S. Sears, Ross Travis, Antic in a Drain. That's the YouTube channel. It's Fucking hilarious. And by the way, if you're um, this there's parental excretion for or yeah, parental guidance is up for this episode. There's a lot of cursing. It's a fun episode. Ross literally on a regular basis. I think it's regular, correct me if I'm wrong, Ross. <laughs> if you look on his Instagram, you'll it'll seem regular. He's performing on stage wearing a rainbow dildo, pretending he's a unicorn. So Let's shift from the seriousness that I just presented, with which I just presented JP, and now go to the fun that is Ross. Ross is a satirist through and through. We discuss satirical, the need for the satirist buffon, b o u f f o n, is a concept that he introduces me to, and we explore. Um, Again, he literally, regularly, as I perceive it, is performing with a rainbow dildo attached to his head as if he's a unicorn and it looks hilarious i can't wait to someday go see his performance because it looks absolutely hilarious and if it's anything like what he brings to just youtube i'm sure it's it's so much fun on stage with him and the uh the entire circus if you will it's an intellectual circus um I needed to give you that context, that introduction, because we don't, ex- we don't explain any of that in the episode and how did, yeah, so th- that's it really Ross and I just, I reached out to him as I often do for this kind of, um, communication and eventually we were able to do a show and this is it and it's wonderful and it, it's a lot of fun. And I think you're gonna enjoy it. It's not serious. like I just I just wanted you to understand the, the context from where we were coming with regard to discussing JP. Um, who I feel bad for, <laughs> but <laughs> there's no point in saying more about that. Uh, let me see. He there's an intro here that is worth um, highlighting. So just to say a few things about Antigone Drain, it's a circus um, and buffon, as he helped me understand. Um, and they develop extreme characters and they tell stories from the fringes. And as he says, they're igniting dialogue uh, and change within communities, primarily focusing on ignored or taboo social issues. Hence, again, a rainbow dildo on his forehead. Um, they have developed three shows the Greatest Monkey Show on Earth, Bucko Man, exclamation point, and Tempting Fate. Again, The Greatest Monkey Show on Earth, that's one, Bucko Man exclamation point, and the third one is Tempting Fate. You can go read more about this on the website and because uh, there's a lot there and it's not worth, well... It's just technical stuff you can easily find on the website. But it is all, it looks hilarious. Again, I haven't had the pleasure of seeing it in person. The YouTube channel, Antigone and Drain, though, is great. Ross is great. I love talking with him. I love talking with you, Ross, assuming you're listening to this. I can't wait for more. And hopefully someday we get to meet in person. All of that is by way of introducing Mr. Ross B.S. Sears Travis, Enjoy. Thank you very much. (laughs) (laughs) You're hoping you'd laugh there. Um, (laughs) So look, you made this easy for me. The first thing I need to just check in on is um, where the hell is your red hair?
0: (laughs) (laughs) That is like, I think I might have that in the, it's probably in my closet in my trailer right now yeah. somewhere packed away with was, was other like, like costume things.
1: Was that originally like a Wendy's from when like the burger place Wendy's? Was that originally the idea there or like Eddie with the Longstock with the red is? hair? Yeah. You, well, you were doing like Anna Green Gables or something years ago because you did the video last December. I double checked. It was last.
0: December. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that is actually a mankini that I'm wearing on my head for that video, for the BS Sears video. So it's yeah. like, I got that for some other project that I don't even remember what it was, and then I didn't use it, and then... um <laughs> I'm looking you know, right I at was, it again.
1: I see that. Yeah, it is, it is obviously a mankini, right?
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I was like, okay. Then I was like, okay, this is getting out of control. I got to like make a video about this guy because this is getting insane. And um, and so I was like, but I don't have like red. I don't have a red wig, and I'm like just don't want to buy one so what else do i have laying around and yeah. then i i was like oh this is perfect and it's a perfect like metaphor for everything it, that he's about so
1: it like, is yeah you don't want to <laughs> wait he's not that important you're going to spend money to have a prop <laughs> for a video that fortunately um a couple hundred people at least watched by the looks of yeah. it yeah um well
0: so the the first one like did you, the first one like it was one of my most viewed YouTube videos, which is still not that much, but it was like 6,000 and it got a lot of like I think maybe I oh, posted 7, it on this yeah, 7,000. Yeah, so I like posted on maybe like his Twitter thread or something. I was like putting it out on maybe on Reddit and stuff like that, and so um. Some of his super fans found it and it made the rounds somehow. I, it's hard for me to tell. And it got like, if you look at the stats on that, it's about half and half, like, yeah, with
1: rage, like people three, really pissed three off. 389 thumbs up, 281 yep. thumbs down. Yep. Really. <laughs> I think it captures uh, the US um, narrative and challenges pretty well.
0: Totally. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um yeah. So yeah, we're we I know you were a little like I, I don't know if this is the right word, but apprehensive that we wouldn't have enough to talk about, like if that was gonna be the whole conversation, but mm-hmm. it won't be. It's just the obvious starting place because you know, yeah, know I'll yeah, I'll, totally. I'll provide an intro for this, but obviously we've never spoken in person or more yeah. than, or in a in any kind of way beyond just texting and stuff. And you know that I I think you know I love the video. Mm -hmm. i think you know that right okay what are you doing um (laughs) and and talking about jp is not that important but it is the the general is what it matters because you you use the word conspiritual conspiritualist and conspiritualism and yeah, i guess give me a little bit about where you were coming from if you will last december it was early december when you made this like Can you just unpack it a little since?
0: Yeah. So like I remember years ago when JP started and he was making some pretty astute videos about just like the new age community. And it was like, it was fun. Yeah. Yeah. Gluten and, and yeah, stuff like that. Namaste. And, um, Making some really good content that was like make making fun and po- poking a little bit, um, but good natured. And then I noticed like when the pandemic started and maybe before that a little bit. It was before that because the Trump yeah.
1: Biden stuff was yeah key before or just even but Trump for stuff. sure. Yeah.
0: That um it's he started to change tacks and I was like, what is that all about? You know? And, um, it kind of, it just like rubbed me the wrong way. And I was just like, okay. Um, this is, is someone who like really believes in a through like a moral and ethical through line to my work. Um, Seeing someone start to shift um, to appease or to like um, basically pander. I mean the the title of that that yeah, is, right. uh, is pander to pander with an audience. Yeah, and I felt like it was timely because it's that's uh, a lot of what's happening with social media now is people are like and i think with him he like saw that that's where the tide was going and so to a certain degree there's like a, a really and uh, it was an intelligent move to jump on that trump train or that you oh, know oh you think there was kind of well so? i there's like i don't know i feel like there's a uh, it was it's still vague you know but i i feel like he's reaching out to that especially now because everything now is about censorship it's about freedom and it's like kind of Mm -hmm. uh, got this right wing like a right wing um messaging to it uh And so like, I saw that starting to happen and I was like, wait, what's going on? And like something that always bothered me was the, the fact that there's a video and then there's an advertisement after it. And so, which I understand because like in social, the social media world, like these, like YouTube and stuff you have to find a way to make money with why you're like making these creations, these art pieces, but you're putting them out into the world for free. And so uh part of me, I was like, I've always been torn about that aspect of his work because he was like, you know, he's like making fun of something for a while, like a whole video. And then he's like, Oh, let me sell you these supplements like that. And you're like, wait, like, what the hell (laughs) it's like just a little bit discombobulating um (laughs) and so not
1: funny it's not funny but yeah yeah
0: yeah yeah exactly it's like yeah it's it seems it feels like hypocritical or something and so that always kind of bothered me but i also at the same time understand especially this last year i was like starting to do more because I come from theater. So in circus, so I've always created more for live audiences. And then over this last year, I, um, started this YouTube channel and started making online content, which, and, and I was saw, you know, in my tact has always been like at the end of my videos, I, I have a Patreon page. So I'm like, you know, if you want to see more behind the scenes footage and stuff, come join me on Patreon. I'm, and I'm like, I've really tried to avoid selling stuff because I'm a satirist and like mm-hmm. morally, ethically, I'm like, I, I just haven't seen possibility or wanted to do that. Um, and because well, you, of, you don't uh, want to be yeah.
1: hypocritical, but it, it yeah that's yeah. for what it's worth that never crossed my mind that you were even that that could be hypocritical and and i guess yeah. we will just acknowledge that we're talking about antic in a drain is your that's the whole context right that's where you yeah primarily do your satire <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah and it, it is hilarious yeah. the video is hilarious even if you well it's especially hilarious the one we're talking about if you know the history of of jp and yeah. Uh, have you ever listened to any of his podcasts? I or even have listened? not. I've fought, I
0: like want to, but I just haven't been. I haven't had the time to.
1: Well, yet, don't so. let's let's not. But <laughs> <laughs> there, if you just yeah. look a little bit, and I I didn't waste any more time than I needed to to make sure that I felt prepared for this chat as well, because it really doesn't yeah. need to be about him. It's about a broader. I, I care more about a broader, the broader phenomenon that he so obviously represents to you and me, and yeah. he talks about to be creator uh, just recently. I think it was like let's see, um, five episodes ago. He literally, it's titled "Why I've Changed."
0: So oh, he's not,
1: yeah, he's not exactly ignorant to some of what. I mean, I'm sure somebody showed him your video, or at least. It may or may not have gotten, but the yeah, I'm sure he's aware that people are wondering about it.
0: Yeah, and what does he say in that video? Like, what is,
1: mm, I guess we have to, I don't know. Yeah, um, here so so have you
0: have you watched the conspiracy or not watched but listened to the conspirituality uh, uh podcast at all?
1: No, but I was going to acknowledge that there's another episode of his that I have listened to with a gentleman yeah. named Elliot Hulse from Florida. Okay. Uh, and the, the context that I think is worth playing with or, or talking about is what can spirituality may mean in general but specifically i think that well first off i'll just say this to me jp is just a really enraged white man who is terrified of of a particular um aspect of the future that he thinks is obviously bad but is is just unknown and it's not all that unique there's nothing particularly unique about him he's just the guy who's bottled up a lot of rage and he tried his best to um let it out in a productive tactful way and comedy is a pretty predictable medium for that and now it's just like fuck it i have enough of an audience and enough of a following and the world and the country is going to shit and i need to fight the bad evil communists which is the whole point but yeah. specifically i think he the thing that he's most i don't care if that was, if he was honest about that i wouldn't begrudge him at all It's was like great yeah you do you then it's fine you can have that you just fit into, it It fits into a very obvious box. But what you keep, what your video showed is like, yeah, there's something inherently disingenuous about the, like if he doesn't own up to um, this, the following detail, that's where it I think is, um, the thing I'm most critical about is what I think he's not owning up to is that he's truly motivated by a, not just this love of freedom, but a Christian kind of yep. narrative. A specific—he's just another Christian. Yep. At the end of the day, he is just another white Christian male. <laughs> yeah, fighting for his so-called freedom. Yeah, and,
0: and but in in and the he says that, that in
1: that Elliot Holt yeah. video in in that Elliot Hulse podcast, he almost directly says that. It's pretty blunt, but mm-hmm. go on though, yeah. Yeah. And
0: the, like the, the thing that is infuriating uh, (laughs) uh, for me about it is that it's like, he doesn't, um, like a lot of his videos now are just like pasted together, kind of like talking points and things that they, it, it creates a wash. So, like, I started watching the one about censorship the other day, and it's just like these just one liners kind of in like different angles of him, like taking on characters, um, characters, which he never really plays a character. So uh, it's like him in a different hat or a different scarf. So
1: he's a bad actor to boot. You can begrudge him for not being a good performer, too
0: yeah yeah so and there's so there's no real dedication to like trying to take a make an image make a character image you know true dedication to that um but so then it, for me it becomes like a wash of like i feel like i'm being gaslit basically because I'm like, wait, what's he getting at in this video? Like it ends up not truly spiraling in into something because it's very one-sided and doesn't like, I, I feel like really good satire will talk about everybody who's complicit in an issue. And now his videos are talking about, like, it's the socialist libtards that are, like, you know, trying to do this thing. Um, or it's, like, those people who are censoring you, but the, well, it's, it's very vague who they are. it's literally a
1: communist plot. They they yeah. believe this. And the curiosity is, did he always think this, or did something change? And that's why it's good that he, he put out this re- relatively recent podcast. I don't think that it's as informative as we'd hope though. But yeah. um yeah, they literally believe there's a decade in the making a communist agenda, literal communist yep. agenda. And that's yeah. what they're fighting against. That's why they use freedom as their rallying cry, because they're fighting for so-called freedom beach, which is gonna yeah. get taken away one way or another by the communists. Yeah. Or more or less the puppet masters yeah that's actually what they think it's that fucking and it's specific. funny because it's like
0: i watch that and i'm like is i like i consider myself pretty much a leftist and i do not i'm like i don't recognize <laughs> you run around in, in any of of unicorn outfit. i'm like <laughs> i want fr- yeah i want freedom i don't want censorship and like he rages about censorship, but he's like got millions of followers on YouTube and is like really doing quite well and doesn't really get censored all that much. And I hit like, I've definitely gotten censored quite a bit. And so like, what does that mean? What does that not, mean you've
1: gotten censored? Cause I don't even uh, know when you've got, actually gotten
0: censored. Yeah. Yeah. So I was on TikTok over the last year and I got, um, a, permanent IP address ban on TikTok. Um because I mean TikTok so much was so much fun. <laughs> yeah. It was so much fun because it's like you really I feel like TikTok as far as the social media platforms is like the town square. And I think they're starting to crack down now, but for a while there it was like the wild west of social media. Um you know like you would be scrolling along and sometimes i would come upon like cartel talk and it's like these guys in the back of a boat uh, like yelling at each other in spanish and there's a boat chasing them and like you're like holy crap what am i watching you know and there's um is a political tiktok maker you had a really interesting access to uh other people on the other side of the spectrum people with different opposing viewpoints and because of the way the app is set up like you can you can duet someone's video so you can like their video plays and you're like there reacting to it or you can um Splice your uh, a video, someone's video, and then have a reaction to it, and so it really creates a conversation, which I think was really interesting. Especially as as a uh, someone in engaged in satire, and that's um, like always been my drive is to create conversations through my work. So it was super fun to to do that. Um, but it's also like my work is confrontational and like, it's like funny, funny confrontational, but uh, like I, and I also take on characters. So I'm like, sometimes I'm like full on got a, ma- a MAGA hat on and the shirt. And I'm like, so anyways, like I was well, doing just for in here, the you're,
1: only in the, you, the, Antic context, right? Because your circus stuff yeah. we'll get to isn't. Yes, That's yeah, it's not.
0: Right? is is more. Yeah, is not as much. Well, like, be, so my antic and a drain stuff, like in the theater, I will have circus aspects, and it will still be. Um, it's like a combination of satire and circus. A lot of my work there, but online, it hasn't been as much. It's more just satire. Um, but then I work like right now I'm working with a company called Flynn Creek Circus and it's a, uh, a mostly family show. So we're touring around, uh, California and Colorado and, uh, but we do have, we do do an adult show once a week. So that, that's where, super fun. Is that where fun. the
1: unicorn outfit comes? Is that where
0: Yeah. It comes? Yeah. Well, so the unicorn horn gets switched out with a unicorn dildo, dildo on the forehead. Yeah, I figured so that.
1: Well, yeah. let's get to that later. Let's <laughs> yeah. get to that later. That's good. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Especially I'm refreshing myself by looking at some of your old pictures and there is an actual unicorn dildo on your head. Yeah. Yep. And that's yeah. fantastic. But you got, so I got to say, TikTok is just never, <clears throat> I wish I was a middle-aged Jewish man so that I could actually just fit the character a little better, like a curmudgeon old Jew, like Jon Stewart or someone, so I could just yeah. say things like, yeah, I, I'm never going to bother with that. I'm probably never going to bother with that. I've never looked at TikTok in my life, and I'm not proud to say it. It's just a fact. Like, I don't do it. So you're describing it, and I have no idea what... You're ex- what you're really talking? About.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, and it, it's like really, I just think people are dancing. Complex.
1: I just I don't know what else. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's it's weird because I thought that too, and then there's all these different subsections. So you like find that their algorithm is like the most complex of all the social media platforms, and so like. They're like, if you scroll past something, if you watch something for a certain amount of time, they're like, oh, you're into this. So they'll, they'll, um, start sending you more of that stuff. And so certainly, yeah, there's that. If you're into dance videos, you're going to end up in this dance video bubble. If you're into political, um, stuff, you're going to end up in this political video, like content, um, bubble. And so that's what I ended up in. And it was, it was really fun. But the other thing about the app is that, you know, you can get, uh, it's really hard to figure out, but it's like, there's a combination of the algorithm. Um, will see certain things and you will get content violations. So maybe like, say I'm, uh, mocking a three percenter, you know, like uh, or some alt-right group like that, and I do like a hand signal, like one of their hand signals. Oh, like that? The out, yeah, you know. the, the, that, that hand signal. Maybe the app picks up on that okay. and is like, oh, he's a he's White this, and it gets flagged.
1: Yep. Extremist of some sort. Yeah, he's a st-
0: extremist. Also, you like, say I like a video or I see a video that I disagree with. I can, I can, um, report it. And then, you know, then it gets, if enough people report it, then it gets blocked and then you have to appeal it. And so a lot of that's going on. So that, that's very complex. And so I think it was a combination ultimately of, Me playing these characters that were inspired by, you know, these actual people on the, the, the app. And I, there's like mass reporting groups. So say you and your friends are like, Oh, we don't like this creator. Let's get them kicked off. They will then start reporting all your videos. And then ultimately I got like my phone. I, I, Got a full IP address ban, and I, you know, tried to appeal it and and text uh, emailed to them a bunch of times, and they were like, um, y- "We think you're a violent extremist," <laughs> and I was like, "What?" Like it was, it was so me. wild. Did you have any uh, like TikTok? Yeah, Just like the- they sent me an email. And they were like, you know, we think no you're actual a person
1: though. It's just like a,
0: no, it's just like, there was a name attached oh, okay. to it. It was like, cause I was like emailing, there's like 10 different emails and I'm like, come on, you guys, like I'm, you know, I don't know why I was kicked off, but you know, I'm, I really try to abide the guidelines, blah, blah, blah.
1: Um, but the bottom line is but, you're not yeah. out there bitching about being censored and yeah canceled and yeah i mean i mean your free uh, speech is uh yeah being taken away yeah i mean
0: and (laughs) and that's like a, a part of a broader conversation i did make a youtube video just like when for example when trump got um kicked off of twitter there was all of that hubaloo about that and you know twitter you know obviously is a private company so they can make their own decisions about that and um so but you know like the free it's 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 gotten to a place where it's really um confusing and and like all the censorship and freedom conversation, and I feel like it's um, manipulative, and is in in the context of what he's doing, is playing on the fears and in like playing on the um, like the outrage yeah. to get people to basically commodify that feeling and make money off of it is what I think he's doing. And um, as opposed to like, we're in a really bad situation right now and it continues to get worse and he's not really thinking about those who are the most disenfranchised and those who are being harmed the worst by this pandemic and by what's going on in the world right now. And, you know, like there's people in other... We're so privileged that we have access to these vaccines and stuff. People in other countries would love to have that. Mm -hmm. And I know that there's a whole spectrum of beliefs on whether or not to get vaccinated, so on and so forth. Um, For me, as a performer... I'm not sure
1: there is. I think the spectrum is increasingly just one... Or two colors.
0: Yeah, totally. To be frank, and, and, and there it it's like the there's yeah,
1: true. I talk, mean, there's we're talking like kind mid of, August and yeah, eight, over eight months later. I given that we can think of it mostly as begun as having begun in early twenty twenty one. I yeah, I don't perceive much of a spectrum at this point in terms of yeah. the concern or resistance. It is generally it's like
0: two extremes, right? Kind of
1: or two. Well, it's
0: most how, do you, how do you clearly feel about it?
1: fear? Gener- it's yeah. fear. It's a kind of fear, yeah. and of course, the uh, the flip side. And I, I think you said this nicely that a this isn't how you worded it, but that um, the capacity to think of at least two and ideally probably as many uh, points of view. As possible at once, and maintain a kind of um, openness to to all of them. Which isn't to say that there's a right and a wrong amongst them all, but there's somehow a, a a value or significance or importance to just consistently understanding all the points of view. I think you kind of said something like that. Is how that that's important. Yeah, like that is that is a that was the original appeal of someone like J.P. He was presenting the sort of absurdity of something like thinking gluten is all bad. It's like, well, there's a lot of context and we use that word nuance. I think two, the two yep. words that 2021 or 2020 brought to everybody, everybody's uh, consciousness are, you used one of them already, gaslighting and nuance. It's like everybody's two new favorite words, which are kind of yep. good words to be considering. You don't want to be gaslit and you don't want to be gaslighting and nuance seems really important because more and more and more we have to reconcile the fact, reconcile with the fact that we we don't know a lot, I think, it seems yep. pretty fair to say. So that's my primary little um, <clears throat> issue. With and I think,
0: like? I, I think that, like, sorry to interrupt, but I think that we live in this tribal time where we are being pushed into these extremes. Yeah. And so it, it, it's actually... And
1: that's what he's doing. Good.
0: Yeah, Maybe and like he's him. going into one side of this
1: extreme. But and acting like he's not.
0: Yeah, and it's not, yeah, if if he wasn't, if he was truly free and his followers were truly free, they would be able to take in all of these different perspectives and see the, the gray area in between them, which is like, does not seem to be happening. It's just like playing into this, this, like, black and white worlds. it's, like, this side against this side, and, you know, it, there's nothing in between them, and, and it, it's good and evil, and I'm sorry, but that's just, like, not the way it is at all, you know, and so, like, um but they're
1: not gonna hear you saying that, unfortunately, yeah. which is the, unique, yeah. that's the, the really impressively difficult part. I believe that the word freedom inherently has no meaning at this point. It, well, it, yeah, it was a concept true. and a construct to some extent before all of this, but it is now almost meaningless, especially because you see it almost everywhere. Everybody thinks that they're fighting for or championing freedom. What yep. the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Really, what do <laughs> totally. you fucking mean? Yeah. And it you could have a good answer to that. It's possible to have a good answer to that, but it's so it's like this crazy it's like the the freedom and the fear of losing freedom seems like the primary virus to be frank. Yeah. That's that's actually yeah. And I don't know if it's just an individualism thing that's unique in this country. You said we're privileged. I don't know if that's the fundamental. Yeah,
0: that, I mean, I feel, like, I feel like that too is that from like, that's been an interest of mine from the beginning of this pandemic is like, why aren't we in this country taking care of each other and thinking about uh, collective, mm-hmm. the collective good is opposed to, it seems a lot of like me, my rights, my life that, you know, it's a lot of me and mine and uh, instead of like, what's going to serve. But there you go with like some social (laughs) socialism, you know, like, you know, I, yeah. So that's, that's unfortunate to me um that the i mean and that's like what this country was founded on is like uh, individualism is like a huge part of
1: the beginnings yeah. of, of this country
0: know. so it's like yeah.
1: in retrospect that seems fair to say i don't i suspect that yeah. wasn't the uh yeah, who the hell knows, right? It was hundreds of years yeah. ago. I don't know those people, but I assume they weren't thinking of individualism in the same way we probably mean it. but it clearly yeah. it clearly set the stage for the concept of freedom that we're now dealing with. and i I'm just glad that people are uh, seeing like you, of course, and and there's so many great comments you got on that original video, and i I forgot you did too. so um, and it seems like you already acknowledged that bringing up commodities but i'm just glad there's so many people who seem to be as for as many people who are championing freedom there are as many people who seem to be suspicious of this concept and construct that we're calling freedom not that people don't want it obviously it is important if it if it can mean something that's good but it's potentially being used in a yeah, manipulative at best way. Yeah, I mean, they literally think that there. This is not a joke. That this this kind of thinking has led people to suspect that there is an actual Nazi kind of agenda. Like there's people arguing about how, or ranting and raving in um, city halls, if you will, that that the there's a global violation of the Nuremberg trials right now. That you know they they echo things like from Marvel movies that there's a Hail Hydra kind of um, uh, tone to everything that's happening. Yeah. It. And I don't even need to say that they're wrong. It's just how do you? How did you conclude that? Is the fundamental question. How do you? How did you convince yourself that you know for sure? And you yeah. pointed out the, Face, the Facebook groups,
0: <laughs> Facebook group bubbles. You know, like.
1: Well, did you like, watch the Social Dilemma last year? Oh yeah. yeah. So Tristan yeah. Harris. I mean. He said it best. This is the direct quote, because I've really paid a lot of attention to his work since is if we do not agree on what is true or even that there is such a thing as truth, we're toast. That was like yeah, his whole thing. I remember
0: that. And that was so that's such a chilling part of the the movie, and that's like it's literally the best, what's it's the most important now. part.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's the yeah. most important line.
0: Yeah. And um, then even like even now I'm not going to there was a six part series about um QAnon, QAnon yeah the, the, the Q into the storm mm-hmm. um, recently that was fascinating and basically like revealed who was behind it possibly pretty pretty positively and um, Yeah that guy You know it's death. still continuing it on it, like it's still people are so indoctrinated that it's like still going on and it's like really mind boggling. Um, Yeah. People have like just going down these rabbit holes and are stuck in, stuck in them. And it's uh, in a huge part because of uh, like, I think social media does a lot of good things, but it it also, it, it is, divisive and divides us just as much as it connects us, I think, you know, um, so,
1: well, right. And that's why that movie was so poignant, the social dilemma and and proves to be, it's just, I think what was most, if you will, chilling, like I think you said about that quote of Tristan's at the end and more or less the whole point of the movie is that this isn't a, this isn't, <clears throat> a dilemma that is unique because of social media. It's actually a dilemma that's just been, to the extent that we maybe were ignoring it before, we just cannot now, and that is the yep. simple fact that we. The, if that movie could have gone one step further, it would be to say, "Um, we need to agree on what is true, or that there is such a thing as truth. And by the way, we actually probably never have." Yeah. That's the really, I think that's what we're actually struggling to accept is we didn't have it before. There is no time before that actually represented this like idyllic unity, like where everybody was free. Like, no, we don't, we're, no, it wasn't that (laughs) there never was that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And I think, um, you know, you asked a little bit ago about my impetus for making those videos in, in particular. And I think part of that is, as is, is a satirist, um, it's important for me to see all sides. And a- actually the form, uh, I trained in a form of physical theater called bouffon, which is grotesque, uh, grota- grotesque satire form it was um, codified from many different theater forms through history um like the feast of fools celebrations during the medieval times and the greek satyr plays uh native american and indigenous generally uh tribes like shamans and their tribes um so this form was brought together by this physical theater practitioner named Jacques Lecoq in the 60s and 70s and it's the basically it's like the grotesque outsider comes into the society and because they're an outsider they can see all of the levels of gray area of who's complicit in what ways and what, what they're doing. Um, And then they play it out like children in front of the King or in front of the people. And because they're, they're the underlings. Yeah. It's like the, the King and the queen can laugh at them, but they can also see the truth of what they're saying, you know, in that uh, hopefully, it can maybe start, start, uh, trigger change or social change, um, self contemplation. Um, so as a, as a satirist, seeing him go from pretty well playing like that gray area within the like wellness community and, um, new age community, like, to starting to veer into just want like this kind of one-sided, um, playing that almost feels like bully bullying a bit and not really giving do thrift to like all of the players within the scenario. Uh, is just like is a satirist. I'm like ashamed. I'm like, <laughs> come on, you know, like, let's, like, what? Yeah, he's um, using
1: the tools that you so um, professionally uh, in, 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 have integrated and admire and respect and know the value of. He's using them in a nefarious and dangerous and arguably yeah um, manipulative way. Is essentially mm-hmm. what I think you're saying, which sucks. I mean, yeah. You're, yeah, you're reminding me of like the Shakespearean fool, and obviously the concept of a court gesture seems pretty relevant. Um, yeah, the yeah. B o u f f o n. It's pretty neat. Yeah, um, yeah. And why is that valuable? It's valuable because the alternative is, or well, I'll let you answer that. Why? Yeah. What is the Im- explicit value of something like that? I of of like satire like that. Well, and this, or yeah, of, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that. Yeah, this this uh, this way of form, engaging yeah. with information and ideas and concepts and the, well, the, the I, collective. <laughs> yeah, I th-
0: I feel like humor is a way to open people up. So if you approach something through humor as opposed to like a didactic, for example, like. A, like a political play or a um, agitprop play uh, that's more didactic, you're gonna go okay, okay. But in a satire or a Buffon show, nobody's safe. You know, especially in the theater, a uh, bouffon comes into the space and they're laughing at you, like they're seeing, they see through everybody there. And so there's a, a danger, but a fun to it. So I, I feel like the, uh, a humor, a humor approach opens the audience up so that the tragedy, when they bring the tragedy into the space, it hits deeper and is more effective. So. I, I, and I feel like that too, like in, in for example, like a Sasha Baron Cohen movie, oh. he's like makes you laugh, but then you get to, then like something heavy comes along and you're like, wh- you're more open, your lungs are open, your body's, you're somatically more open to receive that information, you know, and... Hopefully, like, in really good satire, it's like, if nobody's safe, Every it's a communal experience, too, you know? So,
1: yeah. Yeah, and that was the fun of what we clearly thought we were enjoying. That was what we thought we were enjoying years ago. Like, yeah, Yeah. this gluten stuff is a little out of hand and it's funny to laugh at and obviously yeah. some people need to not have gluten and there is such a thing as glyphosate and we should consider this but let's do it in this way and now it's just not funny i i yeah there's a really oh my i don't think it's gonna work long term i think i don't <laughs> yeah i've why, been wondering about that yeah well like, i think when that's why it's gonna... getting angrier and why they yep. they are getting I brought up that one podcast like they do not privately it's not like a bunker that they're meeting in and saying things like we'll go to war or we will take up arms it isn't private it's public information they say these things yep. publicly now yep. um that's the only reason that it's not and obviously january 6th like the, it you can't i don't think you can ignore it and yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I wish you could, and I'm happy to turn off every day and and not think about it. But um, it's it's it doesn't seem like it's it imp- gets good to just ignore it. I think your yeah. approach is extremely refreshing, and bringing up Sasha Baron Cohen is great, especially because you know he's he's a very serious person. I I don't think he kind of like a Ben Stiller. I don't think that there's actually an innate um, funniness to them. I think they're probably extremely serious. Yeah. (laughs)
0: Yeah. And like a moral underpinning, like, or an ethical, like you can really feel a through line that like with Sasha Baron Cohen's work that does not, has a tensile strength to it, you know, through all of his work. Um and you can, you know, maybe you don't like him, maybe he's grotesque, whatever too grotesque for some folks or whatever. But I I think there's no denying that like he is, you know, there's there's a he's not like shifting towards the winds wherever the winds might take him, you know? So I really, uh, appreciate and, and like value that it, seeing that in a creator who like believes in something, you know, other than making shit tons of money and yeah. there's an effort, you know, getting the most YouTube video views.
1: <laughs> you know, like, yeah. Well, and he rose to f- relative stardom before. I remember, h- how old are you?
0: I'm, I'm tw- how old am I? I'm You're 39. You're 80, like
1: 85, like
0: 86? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I have to think about that. So. You're about
1: 402. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you've been around for all of social media, um, so mm-hmm. to speak, in the conventional sense. Like, I'm 35. I w- it was 2004 when Facebook essentially started and with a college my where I got my undergrad was one of the places that Facebook began. So, I've seen it from Whoa. more or less the beginning there. And I and Sasha Baron Cohen was already relatively popular. Ali G was already a on hbo so it kind of happened all before that like over 20 almost 20 or over 20 years ago he was already doing all of that so he didn't have to i guess i am acknowledging the potential to try to be empathetic towards um the scared angry white religious extremists that i think these people truly are, um, yeah, I don't know. You know, it's, they need to be told it's okay somehow like everybody else. Like, like he just wants to be a, like a, (laughs) he just wants to take care of his kid and, and, and probably enjoy his time with his wife in all of the various ways that he can and, and power to him. And that is good. That does seem like the kind of freedom that we all deserve. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it, it's just tricky to imagine if Sasha Baron Cohen had to do what he does now, would he not be potentially? Well, how would he do it differently? Would he be doing things more like you, perhaps?
0: I don't. Know. Yeah. Well, it, it, it's this is interesting because <laughs> um, I'll have to I'll send you this, but uh, Trey Parker. Matt Stone got interviewed recently and I forget it might have just been one of them. And they were talking about if South Park had started Mm. now and they were like, yeah, we wouldn't have made it.
1: Yeah, (laughs) exactly.
0: Yeah. They, they were like, we've been waiting for, they've been around what, 20 years or something. Oh no. And they were like, we, yeah.
1: 90s. It was in the 90s.
0: Okay. Yeah. 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 So they, they were like, we, we've been waiting for this amount of time to be for the outrage. And they, they were like, because of when we started, we got away with things and they were like, you know, it was the one episode Cartman had like a gay dog and they were like, (laughs) at that time, that was like a huge thing. Now that's like, whatever. But they were like, oh, we got away with the gay dog. Let's see what else we can do. And because they didn't live in this social media age where things can, and I've definitely experienced this in my creation, you know, like it snowballs. (laughs) It's like someone is like takes issue with one little aspect of your video or something. And then they tell 10 of their friends, their friends come over. They only watch that little part. They, you know, they're all commenting about it. Then uh, 10 of their friends come and then it's just like, everybody's getting all pissed off. And, and it just like spirals out of control. And like a South, a South park now might get, Quelched before it even becomes a thing, you know, which is really sad to me.
1: Well, um you may okay, so let's look at that side, or it's not even a side. I hate the concept of both sides, I hate that phrase. Yeah, there's at least there's so many friggin' there are more than two fucking sides to say the least. Yeah, yeah. So, So many sides. Yeah, um, yeah. But you you literally seem to play a gay unicorn. Is that is that accurate? Yes. yes. So, well,
0: it's like de- there's definitely... Um, so the well, it gender doesn't matter. and the identity isn't really spoken to okay. within the piece, but there is like Not the iconography, the <laughs> queer iconography and right. stuff. But yeah. yeah. Not so, the
1: important part of the question. The important part of the question yeah. was you aren't seemingly suffering from the kind of i guess it's fair to call like woke problem that you just described like mm-hmm. you enjoy it. you don't care about the south park stuff i don't care about the south park stuff they just did i yeah. think all those pandemic those two pandemic videos they were hilarious last year they were yep. really enjoyable i'm glad they did them um obviously it's the people who wouldn't allow Or who would be crying wolf because of um, a gay dog in South Park that J.P. Sears is complaining about, and he thinks that they're motivated by communist um, propaganda? Why? What is the message to those people? How do they, the ones who are um, bothered by, who are triggered, if you will? What? How do they? How do we help them calm down too? Yeah. Well, and, and, it's and you're like not dealing new, with it, right? You're not.
0: Yeah. Oh, I, I definitely have been. Well, well not personally. So,
1: you're dealing with that from others, but not your person. Yes.
0: Not oh, yeah. It's like really hard for me to get because of the work that I do and stuff. It's hard for me to get triggered by anything, <laughs> really. I'm like, like, other than. Actually, you know, like the fact that I j- just drove from California to Colorado and literally the entire way was covered with fire smoke. Yeah, I wanted to you get know, that's, that's d- So cool like climate change, yes. You know, all the stuff that's happening. So yeah, I do get triggered by political, obviously uh, uh, in uh. uh uh rage is uh part of the fuel of the work that i do is uh, yeah but you're
1: honest about it and that's that's, yeah that's the whole thing like you're not disingenuous yeah which
0: yeah for sure okay but
1: uh, yeah the climate change part because you actually did mention that um the the drought i remember you mentioned that and i messaged you about how that would be relevant but Um, no, I guess I'm just curious if there's like a particular kind of tool that you could share with people. I don't think my audience is this is the group that cares about gay dogs in South Park, but hypothetically, if anybody listening has a problem with something like that or knows somebody who would have a problem with something like that, I don't associate personally with many of the people who would care about that. All of my close friends are, you know, we tend to, no matter what our identity is in whatever in the various contexts we tend to all relish in the the uncanny and the absurd and the ridiculous i think that's part of what makes us healthy quite frankly as you clearly are uh, aware of but do you have a like tool that you could throw out there to people is there like a particular trick that you've picked up on that helps keep you from getting triggered by the uh not the smoke stuff not climate change because that is terrifying and we should get to that too but is there yeah. any particular kind of trick that you've learned? well
0: i th- for me it is is it is uh humor and creation and like
1: Oh, well, there you go yeah
0: you know like for me creating is is my church is my my spiritual practice so is like um Writing, you know, writing thoughts down, making those videos um, and having a sense of humor about stuff, I think is so important for me and is a huge way in which I deal with all of these aspects that are thrown at at us all the time. And just like I have my ideas about what is right and what I believe in, but I also really try to harbor an open mind. And so, and that's part of what I loved about TikTok was being able to, because I often don't have access to some of these communities that I want my work to reach in order to create conversations with them. And I was finding that on TikTok, which was really cool was to be able to uh, have a dialogue with someone who believes the exact opposite of me, you know, and we both learn from each other. And maybe we come out of that conversation uh, with a little more understanding, you know, possibly. (laughs) And then sometimes that's not the case at all. Sometimes it's like, just like, (laughs) <laughs> yeah fuck you okay fuck you and yeah, it's like yeah education. we're not gonna well, yeah we're not gonna find any middle ground you know but yeah right yeah. and hu-
1: humor or even something like there's a certain kind of raw joy that humor hopefully can uh, allow for but also the yeah humor is the most obvious i think but the potential for Agreeing on something that's beautiful is appealing. The potential mm-hmm. to cry about something is is there. It's clearly beyond totally. rhetoric, beyond normal language, beyond the the typical use of the English language. Um, yeah. Which fu- I, I forgot. I wanted to read this to you. It's. um I think we'll move on from JP if you want to after this. But I yeah. just think this yeah, pr- sure. this is the kind of stuff that makes me think it's not going to last long and. You may or may not have contributed to this, for what it's worth, because you know thousands of people seeing a video is important. Um, Just (laughs) you got to read this—the latest comment thread on one of his last uh, just absurdities. This person writes back to this other person and they're they're all kind of on the same page as us we come here because the comment section on jp's post is like one giant olympics where people compete to see who can insert their heads the furthest into their rectum while still unironically shouting sheeple it's a zoo yep. filled with the intellectually bankrupt that is so strangely repulsive we can't help but peek in from time to time on this group that has the collective IQ of a frozen lettuce sandwich to check out if they oh have dwindled gosh. out via mass breeding. <laughs> <laughs> I think if that puts JP, we, we can close the yep. JP subject. I don't know. I just... <laughs> yep. That's that's hilarious. Even, I, God, he, hopefully JP could even laugh about that, but probably not because...
0: Well, you know, it's interesting because with, um, comments like that too, sometimes I'll go scroll his videos and they're all, um, positive. And I have not, heard, not and I don't, I don't know if, if there's like, I have heard that there's bots in software and ability to take out, um, negative comments and negative stuff. So, mm. Like, I don't know how much at that level of a YouTube creator, how much, um, like, I guess, curating of your feed and of your, or the uh, content one might do. Um, I like, like you saw, saw on that YouTube video, I had one. Guy, that this was funny. So when I did the one that has all the the thousands of views, there was one guy that was literally commenting it on it every twenty four hours, <laughs> and so this happened for about two weeks, and it was like every comment I would put on there, responding to someone, he would comment on it. So it was like even more than twenty four hours sometimes, and um, and it got to a point where I was like, dude. I need to like. I'm sorry, but you gotta stop. And so, <laughs> I did. Like that's be, that's like basically, you know, the this person is either a bot or is like
1: yeah.
0: not well. And so I was like, I put a kibosh on that. But I, generally, I'm like, do not want to curate curate that. But I know some creators out there will do that to help their algorithms and Hmm. so on and so forth. So that's an interesting aspect to that whole game. That um,
1: yeah, I want to just potentially, I think it's important to talk about your, your more, um, theatrical side more, but I want to just put a, like a nice potential bow on this, this, thing that we originally connected on and say, because I asked myself, like, why, why am I even paying attention? And I think it's, there are two answers. One, because it's fascinating. It's a case study that really matters. Like how could somebody um, go from, how could somebody who comes across this way actually really be this way or change into this? That's a significant enough um, case study in and of itself. But also the fact of the matter is, There's an effect that you can't deny that um, that kind of conversation is having on people. And it's keeping us from focusing on the fucking climate change problem, which is obviously Mm. prior should be priority number one. And I'd like us to be able to get on board with solving all of that stuff and not being concerned about the goddamn masks and quite frankly other other supposed freedom uh problems because that i think sea levels rising is going to prove more important than anything most people have ever dealt with
0: yeah and i mean it all weighs into it's all connected so like the this pandemic is probably because you know People, humans, and animals are living closer together, are like coexisting too, cl- you know. Uh, virus jumps from one to the other, you know. Like, we in these kinds of pandemic events are going to start to happen more and more um, in the yeah, coming did, years, I think, you know.
1: Did you see Jon Stewart's um, rant a, a couple months ago? No, I, I did not. No. Yeah. Do you or, enjoy him, or did you? I do. Him? Yeah. Well, I do. to paraphrase, and it's not—it's not at all inaccurate. And I love it. It was one of the best things in the last few months that I've ever seen. He's on um, Colbert show. the I guess is it Tonight Show? Is that what? Yeah, is? yeah. 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 Um, it was like the first live show. It was in early June, I think, that um, Colbert had done, and he had Jon Stewart on as his first guest. I'm it's relevant for me because I'm actually writing a book not that I want to talk about that but I was researching or I was looking at it again just to get the copy of what Jon Stewart said and um yeah you're right I think that's true about the potential risks of especially deforestation which is the generally bigger subject there or the the more general topic there but um he he literally just says like come on let's let's not pretend this wasn't made in a lab are we kidding ourselves In a very hilarious way. Yeah. Very funny way. Yeah. I think you will get a kick out of it, but also like, yeah, John fucking Stewart. That's yeah. He's probably right. (laughs) (laughs) Probably right. (laughs) Yeah. There's
0: this incredible, I'm not going to remember the title of this podcast right now, but it's about, um, the different, um, Oh, what's it called existential risks that are facing our humanity right now. And there's like six of them or something. And, you know, there's the climate, there's like other ones that he talks about. There's like, you know, um, you know, intergalactic stuff, like um, universe stuff. But then he gets to labs in you know, met a, a research and like there's these labs out there where they're researching and playing with really dangerous viruses, really dangerous things, and some of them do not have good enough security and good enough protocols. And like, so he talks about that.
1: Basically, what he was talking about, yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, yeah, that's that's another thing to worry about for sure
1: yeah yeah and it gets to because john stewart is you know obviously a poster child for a lot of things that i think are part of why i liked it so much is like yeah fuck your box like you can't like forget putting people in boxes stop trying to have boxes even it's not going to work it's not it it's not even a good idea to it's not a good um, practice to try to put yourself and to put others into boxes. Obviously, John Stewart is a champion for things that many could call liberal and progressive, and that's yeah. that's not to, that's not changing. But to question the, to point out that it probably was made in a lab, and there is an excessive, almost um, ignorant uh, way that we are. Yeah, an excessive and ignorant. Um, tendency that we allow in the name of so-called science that we probably need to reconsider. Doesn't mean don't get vaccinated, of course. Doesn't mean don't wear masks. It's just this is also something we can question in the midst of all this. Mm -hmm. It just seems like that's a a really tough capacity for a lot of people. And I, I sometimes have to just remember that maybe it's just not that easy to think that way, to maintain that kind of nuance. But Then again, I don't think it needs to be hard if you have enough safe. If you're safe and secure enough, it doesn't seem like it. Why that's hard intrigues me. If you if you have a level of safety and security, which is why I always come back to the. Um, not that we talked about this, but yeah. Well, I guess we kind of did. Like, I think that people have bad beliefs. I think no matter how safe and secure they are, they just have. We have, as a species, really strange beliefs that are fundamentally getting in the way and have for as long as obviously at least for thousands of years at the very least like it's not arguably that different than it was when Shakespeare was writing about fools
0: yeah 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 I mean in in disinformation and misinformation it's sometimes it's really hard to understand what is true and what is reality in these times when we're all like this on our phones and there's so many different perspectives and um it takes time to really parse through and figure out you know which is really interesting to me because of the work i do is like in Buffon, we talk about a spiral eye so uh, when a Buffon enters the space, they have this like really knowing spiral eye that they're looking into it through you, basically seeing the core of the, of the issue. That's so awesome. when I'm creating, cr- creating a Buffon piece or a video, I'm really trying to like bore down to what's, what's at the center of that. And, uh, you know, um, Oh, I totally lost track of.
1: No, yeah, the Buffon Spiral but, yeah. Eye. It's, um, yeah. you used a different, you described it a different way, which is like a bird's eye view of. Like, yeah. You know, this is a, this is a more or less timeless concept that it's the mystic almost in a way. yeah so, um, You would really like, uh, even Ethan Hawke did a TED talk last year. It was awesome. And it's about playing the fool. More or less. Oh my gosh. Awesome. Yeah. Do you? Yeah. I always liked him and he literally says that the whole, the whole thing for him is just figuring out how to play the fool.
0: Yeah. And, Mm -hmm. uh, and there's a questioning in that, in the fool, you know, like King Lear's fool is Mm -hmm. always like, um, you know, questioning him and like making fun of him for what he's doing and. And he has that special place. And so I, I really do try to l- live life in that way of like questioning things and, and making fun, making them it, seeing the games where the games are and, you know, laughing at it and, and showing it, um, and create, uh, the book crazy wisdom, crazy wisdom. Am I saying this? That's there's a book, a book called crazy wisdom by
1: the life and um, times of uh, that's a movie. Um, did you see that you're looking it up. I'm not. Uh, I'll crazy have to look wisdom. It it's there's a, is it a, there's Buddhist a book related. Yes. Buddhist. Yeah. That's crazy yeah. wisdom. Yep. And you, you kind of this are is, describing a
0: Yeah. It's, it's an incredible book. I highly recommend Dharma it. Dharma ocean. Ta- yep. And he uh, talks a lot. It, it's got a lot of similarities to, uh, Buffon kind of life. Just like always in the, mo- just always being in the moment and, um, you know, it, l- leading a life of, of fun and, uh, spontaneity um and just like like questioning uh, things um
1: it's kind of the thing that we all or at least actually does unify us like i think you know even the christians are actually united with the uh whatever other group the other, uh, any, it, it really is at the core of every construct. Like to become sort of a, a mystic and laugh about, to yep. have a will, an ability to just be in awe of what of what is around you and what is essentially. And there is a a mysticism to that. A sort, of, you mentioned uh, shamans earlier. There's a yep. that is a universal capacity.
0: But I feel like so many religions or. People within religious sp- spiritual groups lose sight of that and become well. They do like they they <laughs> yeah they <laughs> go dig down deep into um, some of this like more uh, what do they we call it war cultural war type of stuff. Um, yeah, the
1: dogma. I call it absolutism. Yeah, that's my catch-all term for it at this point. That's my
0: which is fat is like I'm also fascinated in extremism. So I'm like f- anything that's extreme, extreme beliefs, extreme anything. I'm like I am like a magnet on that because it's well, really you wanna, interesting. You want to poke <laughs> at
1: it, right? <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> I'm like, oh, I want to see where I can. Uh, what I can pull out of this, and I think that's what probably drew me going back to the B.S. Sears. I was like, "Oh, this guy's getting extreme. Like, I, there's some holes here to poke, you know." But and that there's is something, the, yeah.
1: That's value. That's the value because you keep people in line. Like the, I mean, we all know the fucking George Carlins and the comedians of the world yep. are sometimes the wisest folk and the ones that keep things from, like, they keep track on it. They keep you from getting extreme because like wait a second really that's pretty odd don't you think oh yep. wait yeah it is pretty odd okay yeah I won't do that
0: yeah yeah totally
1: <laughs> it's incredibly, yeah, so it's incredibly value, uh, valuable it has been for centuries and I I guess ideally we would just have that more of us would be better at that on a moment to moment day to day um, era to era uh <laughs> phase and not de- not be so the, the, i'm curious why there is such a propensity for that extremism in a, or absolutism and i don't think yeah, it, i don't because i don't think now, it has far. to be well now yeah. it seems easier because of the like you said there's six existential crises and if you're not yep. aware of all of them you're probably at least aware of one of them
0: but it, yeah and like, everybody's terrified and just like oh what's you know you know like you're talking about White males are like, "Oh, my power's going away, oh my gosh like um in to a degree and uh, yeah, that's happening you know the the country's getting this country's getting more diverse and um equitable, and I can see how that is terrifying and um but you know uh Pro, such as the price for progress
1: well such as the <laughs> and
0: in equity and like mm-hmm. all that's like should be good in like moral in the world you know
1: yeah that, i mean i'm sure you've been intrigued or curious about somebody like jordan peterson for example and yes totally why. Yeah. And, and he and Russell Brand have had some interesting conversations and he's technically a comedian, another one of those sort of fools, if you will, or at least tries yep. to be or has tried to be. And um, there's a quote that Russell uses from Peterson a lot. It's um, that basically there's no need to annihilate category as we move towards a more equitable um, society and culture. And I think that is an easy thing to understand. Like you don't want to, as we create more equality, if you will, and equality of opportunity is the phrase, I guess, and and establish a seemingly more equitable culture, which is a hard thing to not want to argue for, of course, um, do we have to? lose our differences no no of course we don't in fact yeah, that, no. and obviously that would be swinging from one i'm not even sure we're at the opposite extreme but that would just be another extreme and it seems like there's this concern i try to understand what that concern is about like that we're gonna again it's the same kind of thing about communism like we're gonna just repeat the the horrors of the 20th century i mean jordan peterson i'm convinced literally like stays up all night worrying about like the um, Stalin coming and capturing him. And and that's, I feel bad for the guy. But um, it's also an important message. Like, yeah, we don't want to go to any extreme. That's a potential extreme. But clearly we need to move in that direction. It doesn't necessarily have to be that way if enough of us are smart enough to recognize that biology requires difference and uh, life requires distinctions and diversity like i think the the kind of inherent um pitfall of any of those arguments is like well you're ultimately kind of getting lost in your own um you're chasing your own tail in a way like mm-hmm. everybody there, we're not going to lose the diversity there isn't any there isn't enough diversity in a particular context right now and we need more for certain reasons but we don't need to lose we're not going to lose diversity yeah and the argument for losing power as white people has as very little depends on what the power is for or what the context of the power is um why are you and i not uncomfortable with that we're both white yeah. men. You're 400 years old, so you've seen a lot more. But <laughs> why are we not afraid of that? I think it has to do with the fact that there's maybe just a more maybe we're just more rooted and trusting of the the um I guess the the liberal education that that we can bring to the table. Like there's an intelligence. Like it's not we don't have to <clears throat> become we're not woke in the like annoying yeah. way. Yeah. Clearly
0: <laughs> yeah. you're not championing
1: close uh, censorship or, or um anything that would c- keep somebody like Jordan Peterson up at night. You're not, yeah. we're not concerned about really whether or not you get the pronouns, right. It seems I'm saying we, yeah. cause I feel pretty comfortable with you at this point, but mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it seems like there's a bit of a, a boogeyman that isn't necessarily real that they are often talking about. And it's a distraction.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's like I don't um, recognize. It's funny, like, g- going back to the TikTok thing. Oftentimes, I, you know, like, these hit phrases like, oh, you just you just watch CNN or you just, um, what was another one that would come up often? Um, you know, oh, you're just a socialist. Like you're just a communist or whatever. And I'm like, why? I'm like, first of all, no. So it's like people get like into these, it's a tribal thing. It's like in these tribes where they believe, the other side has these beliefs and they only watch this, this TV program and they only do this and that. And it's like the black and white thing. It's like, and that's not how any of us are. Um, So that, yeah, that's just like really frustrating with these times in which we live in is like that just extreme like extreme getting back to that now um separation between these sides which there are multiples but in in just throwing out words like a lot of people that i would interact with would say the word communism or socialism i'm like they don't even like they don't even know what that means you know and also like referencing stalin or whatever what how many like that was at least some hundreds of years ago right at least 100 years ago
1: stalin well just, yeah no but <laughs> he was he, he was in the he, he was part of world war Two. he led the, okay yeah so the soviet union in world war Two and post so uh world okay i think he so, died in the 60s i'll double check Okay, not that long ago, but not okay. But that's not an. But it's like important point. the the ideas.
0: Oh, he died in fifty three. Yeah,
1: he died in fifty.
0: Okay, yeah. so, but that
1: doesn't change the um, point. You can continue. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> dirt. Um, Lennon was a hundred years ago. Maybe you okay. were thinking of Lenin. Yeah, Let's sure. Go with there that. you go. <laughs> Lenin was over a hundred years ago. Yeah. So the um, which is more important because he liter he was arguably the um, the the uh, yeah. the OG of communism. Yeah,
0: Mark, Mark in Marx, Marx. Marx was yeah.
1: 18, I think he wrote it in the 1860s. Um, yeah. So, like, you were not wrong. Don't worry.
0: But anyways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: 1867, yeah. <laughs>
0: okay. So yeah. The, like that whole era is like the the ideas behind that have developed since that time. And you know, I'm not socialist, I'm not communist, but I've like read and followed some people that are and the, there's just like interesting arguments about like when when folks reference that time period which is like 50 to 100 years ago it's like those were the first exercises those were the first times this form of government was was tried and there were huge failures yes well, but all right, so like the concept just like ca- the- you know like it d- will develop and change you know
1: yes the history of communism is not like a one um one size fits all or this it always looks the same there are just like in every situation there is a venn diagram and of course the main distinction is location and, and time and the people the place and the the time the who what when or the who when where yeah but the through line is of course this Thing that people call communism or socialism and and fascism and at this point doesn't have an. Not everybody probably knows what they are talking about when they refer to yep. it, of course. Um, yeah. Because China, for the record, is a communist state. That is a yep. technical technicality that it's worth pointing out. And a lot of people are afraid, specifically, and um, Russia not, but arguably functionally is. That's another. Yeah reason people talk about the two of them often together um north korea arguably technically yes and the fear is that the u.s could become that that european countries could become that the west it's the same that that was literally the cold war obviously i'm not trying to get history mystery i'm sorry if it sounds like i I know for the that couple of hundreds of years you were living in um chile which actually that's not that's (laughs) not a good example because they had a They had their own sort of revolutionary problems in Argentina, and and, you know Che Guevara came from Argentina, and then Cuba and the Cuban component. So the whole twentieth century is riddled with relevant examples of this. And and Marx wrote the first Marx proposed the concept in in London in the eighteen sixties, and it's turned into a lot of different things. And the whole argument of people who today call themselves democratic socialists is that there's an inherent need for arguably both of these like supposed um juxtaposed juxtaposed forces the yeah obviously it means community at its core but it really has to do with um keeping the capacity for yeah keeping the not not allowing is i don't know i don't know an affirmative way to say it but the negative way to say it would be to not let certain people get too much power. I think yeah. that's the inherent idea to oversimplify it and dramatically oversimplify it. Um, and that obviously sounds like a good thing. But then on the other hand, you sure. don't want to be limited by others or the government or the um, whatever you don't want to be limited by some other force or structure to have what you want. Hence people like the quote unquote capitalism or free market or democratic shit. Why am I giving you all of this information? (laughs) No, I love it. I'm (laughs) loving it. Well, I'm only pointing it (laughs) out, I guess, because I think people will appreciate the, the awareness that we both are bringing to this conversation. And why is it? Why? Cause joking about somebody like Jordan Peterson, isn't something I want to do in a disingenuous way, I, I do respect a lot of what he brings to the table and encouraging people to be like inherently, I think his whole thing is like, obviously make your bed, do your, do the dishes, do your laundry, clean up your life. I'm pretty sure that's his basic message. Don't try to fix other problems, f- clean up your life. You have enough on your plate, just, just focus on that. I think there's value in that. It's just that it can become both. If you clean up your shit, you're allowed to talk about a bigger, you're allowed to focus on a larger scale, and yeah. he's incessant about telling pe he's incessantly seemingly telling people they don't have enough wherewithal to venture out into the world and try to change it because really they don't know what they're actually getting themselves into. They're going to throw the baby out with the bathwater and they're going to end up like Stalin, <laughs> yeah. And that's all I was pointing at is that that kind of concern is not fair that's
0: all. yeah yeah thanks I for just letting like, me get that out <laughs> no no I totally understand that yeah it's like yeah I just it, it's like I have a hard time when people talk in those extremes like we're gonna become like a Stalinist state and blah 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 I have a hard time relating with that because with how, like, I just can't see how that would even be possible with how our government is set up, with how our society is set up. Um, So, and I I feel like like politicians capitalize, those are fear-based control methods that politicians use to keep people from being free you know so like yeah that that yeah that's all i have to say <laughs>
1: yeah. and i i'm not sure that there's a deliberate um organized effort on anyone's part to yeah like like people behind the scenes saying this is how we're going to make sure that we defend freedom we're going to um, continue to push this particular. Maybe at Fox News, there's that. I don't know yeah. though, for sure, but I.
0: Yeah, but like you hear it about doesn't even matter. Like, really. For for example, like with uh, Trump won a big uh, part of the Cuban vote in Florida because of his rhetoric about socialism and you know mm-hmm. Biden's going to bring this socialist agenda. And although Biden's like the farthest thing from a socialist that you, like, you could think of, kind of. Um, so, like, there were, you know, stu- uh, studies done about that, and he, so that kind of fear, um, dog whistle kind of politics definitely exists, you know, and they use those those catch terms, and then, you know, people, in it's on Fox News, and then people just start, regurgitating it. And you're like, wait, do you actually know what you're talking about there? You know, and like in some of these states, uh, um, uh, red states, especially have these like farm subsidies and these social programs that are helping them. And then at the same time, they're like railing against socialism and you're like wait do you realize that you know these grants are going to help your farms um exist do you realize you are relying on on uh socialist uh principles and like so there's just like again not uh understanding or folks aren't like curious enough or they don't have the time, which I think is a huge aspect of this. When people are working so much, they have to work two, three jobs to make a living and they don't have time to really take in the news and, and truly investigate and find out about what like the word socialist is or who Stalin was or whatever, who lived Hundred years ago. <laughs> <laughs> just
1: kidding. I'm, I'm just glad. I, I'm just glad I knew all yeah. of that as uh, uh, Yeah, so yeah that's awesome. I remembered a little bit. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, what you're getting at is the. I think this is the problem again with the uh, the. Not just internet, but specifically the media, the capacity yeah. to look. I don't. I have a, I had a really, really good education. I grew up and I, and I also, I'm very disciplined and educated myself. And I continue to see that might've just not been the norm. That might've just actually, maybe I'm realizing, or yeah, maybe that isn't actually as normal as I um,
0: have. Yeah, no, I think education in this country is like severely lacking in this past year. His really revealed that in like ways that had been under the surface for a long time. But now we've really got, gotten to see the extent to which that is the case. I think.
1: Yeah. And yeah. I think that, I think this kind of highlights the general problem that something like what you put out there really speaks to. And a lot of what you as the, uh, the satirist and the fool and i love all of that um represent is that you know we have this pretty cool task that seemingly has never been there before you know even when stalin was alive and lenin was alive and marx was alive (laughs) we want to basically permit each other to have this kind of um you know sovereignty is the word people like to use this absolute relationship to whatever you want to call it the universe god existence like we're we want to permit that for each other it's kind of i think what we call democracy it's sort of the mm-hmm. and i think that's kind of the thing that people are talking about when they say freedom like they want to be free in that way to have their own relationship with existence or again god or whatever you choose to call it but on the scale that we are trying to do that i don't think we've actually realized the extent to which we're not um we're we're not actually going about it in, in a very intelligent way. We haven't evolved our um, our tools for it. And, yep. and we can. In fact, there's another, it's a funny way to, oh, Tristan himself actually um, said this. He often has said this. I think it's one of the motivating quotes that, he didn't say it in Social Dilemma, but he always says this. Edward O. Wilson is this guy that he references a lot. He says, The real problem of humanity is the following. Have you heard this before? No. We have Paleolithic emotions, medieval Mm. institutions, and godlike technology. So, Paleolithic emotions, that's the programming, medieval institutions, stupid or outdated ideas and concepts and constructs, and godlike technology, you know, the ability to influence. Hundreds or thousands or millions of people with your fucking fingers, yeah. And it is a terribly dangerous uh, <laughs> issue. Obviously, if we don't um, figure out how to navigate that better, yeah. That's the quote, though: the paleo- Paleolithic emotions, medieval institutions, and godlike technology. <clears throat>
0: yeah, that's
1: that was a lot so of what was true. behind Tristan's work there in that movie and in and now with him he does this thing called the Center for Humane Technology
0: yeah yeah that's wow yeah that's (laughs) so true oh my goodness can you hear the rain here
1: it just started
0: it's like pour it's like pouring down oh really yeah yeah it's really funny um.
1: Well, let, let's, so you're, I'm looking up the, the name again. You're in, um, Snowmass, Colorado. Yes. And you're part of this one. I can't believe we took this long to get here. Tell, tell me for a little bit. And I, I actually will probably, um, wrap us up relatively soon. And, um, cause I have to get the, I have to get home by a certain time. Um, what can you yeah tell? This is the Flynn Creek Circus. That's in Snowmass. Yeah, Colorado,
0: so right? uh, my my other life, <laughs> other than a satirist, is I'm a circus a performer, unicorn and, with a dildo. Yep, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm like in uh in the circus world. I'm a physical comedian and a Chinese pole artist. So Chinese pole is uh, uh, eighteen to twenty foot vertical pole um that you do acrobatics on climb and do flips and all kinds of drops and stuff on on there and so yeah right now i'm doing a tour with this with this company and it 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 was a california mostly uh, rural communities in california and then we popped over to Colorado for two spots and Avon and snowmass and the show's called fairy tale. And it is like, it's very much influenced uh, by this time that we're living in. Um, and so there's like really light aspects of it. You know, I play this, uh, unicorn that's, um, really flamboyant and um, you know, fun. And, <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, there's another, uh, thread of the story about this youth that gets kidnapped by these, um, these troll, uh, characters. And so, yeah, and it, it's, uh, in the, the unicorn, I have, uh, I'm the, the head of the unicorn, and then there's a tail. And so we're, we get created by this creator entity, and then at a certain point, we go our several ways. And it's, the, our storyline is about these two different approaches to life, basically. Uh, the head is very um, assertive and confident, And the tale has more of a philosophical and um, kind of, uh, you know, uh, introspective approach.
1: And there's a woman, Esther, who's riding you by the looks of it. it? Yeah. Yeah, So so you have this, like, um, dare I say, uh, human centipede looking thing going on. Yep. (laughs) Yep. And then somebody on top. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. So she—that's from that picture—is from the very beginning. She's the first act of the show, and she's like this spider creator, and she's a, a slack ro- slack line rope walker. Okay. And so her act, she's like this very spidery creature that is like going back and forth, creating this universe. And one of the final things she creates is this incredible unicorn. And then we come on and we pick her up and take her off. Um, And then the story goes from there. Um, But yeah, I mean, uh, a circus like this is a very, you know, there's not a lot of circuses like this that exist. It, anymore it's uh all human so we don't have any animals in the show and um oh, wow. doing this That's right weird. now in the middle of the pandemic I didn't pandemic even think about is, that yeah yeah is um pretty wild because our house is at half capacity so uh in order to go by the CDC guidelines and um So yeah, the tent, the tent is halfway open. So it's like considered an outdoors venue. Um, So there's a lot of hoops that we've had to jump through in order to do this. And this actually ties back into (laughs) something I was trying to think about earlier in our earlier conversation is along the lines of this conversation of freedom, because I'm a physical performance artist and for me in order to have the freedom to work like the uh there has to be safety protocols and there has to be because of this pandemic a way in in which to work and you know that's masks that's like getting vaccinated like for Because if this pandemic keeps happening, I'm out of work. You know, I spent a whole year and a half not being able to perform for audiences. And now if we start to go back in that direction, um, that like, so that's another way, another gray area around this conversation of freedom and how, uh, you know, for, uh, this whole debate affects different people in different sectors of our society and their freedom. You know, how, if they're able to work, if they're able to, uh, you know, folks who have pre existing conditions, if they're able to feel safe going to the store. Um, so, yeah, that, that, uh, all of that debate, like that factors in for me too within um this whole conversation too because i'm just like i don't you know this has been incredible to be able to perform again and we have audiences coming in and seeing us and they're like a lot of them the first thing that they've seen in two years you know and that's like been an incredible experience for both sides and so i'm all about the like advocating for ways in which we can continue that momentum into the future and not backslide into what we've just been going through for the, uh, past two years, you know, and some of that self-interest, you know, because, um, it's my livelihood, but, uh, Yeah, that's all I have to say about
1: that. (laughs) You know, (laughs) yeah. Well, it's a lot of people's livelihoods. It's a livelihood that people have depended upon for decades in our country, at minimum. And obviously, we've talked about all the way going back to, if you could call it a livelihood, being a court gesture or a Shakespearean fool. It's not new. It's not something that is. And J.P. Sears used to make money as a stand-up comedian. Or See,
0: that's I what I don't understand is he still does <clears throat> he still does shows. Like goes hey, and does shows and I'm like I'm like dude you're like argu- you're like advocating against your own interests, your own livelihood, you know? Mm. If you push forward this idea of something that is going to make people like continue this there's going to be more um variants and more propagation of this disease like you're working against your own yourself Mm. so that just seems really dumb to me but anyways (laughs)
1: yeah it reminded me of that clip that everybody played um with tom cruise screaming remember last year yeah and
0: I do remember that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm yeah. Good friends with the I'm good friends with a lot of performers in different contexts and they have dramatically been affected. Yeah. Um
0: yeah, this sector has been really it's really demolished the performing arts and I think artists in general but especially performing arts because we perform live for people, you know and and it's also you know not considered uh what was the term um not vital, but not um uh, oh, what were they yeah. like you're a um like nurses and doctors are you're, yeah,
1: no we used um, we we had all these terms, it wasn't that long ago, uh,
0: yeah, um, yeah, I'm like not remembering. <laughs> I'm like Um, pushing it out of my mind. I'm like, please, can we like move forward and not like backslide, you know, which is what's happening right now. And um, it is like, we have our, when we come back from Colorado, we go to Gulala, California, and our ticket sales are right now not the best and we don't know if that's because of this delta variant people are getting concerned but as of right now we're like the community here is like pretty we're looking essential Essential yeah
1: thank you oh yeah that's right essential
0: (laughs) yeah which is interesting because you know artists and performing artists aren't considered essential, but the people are like, you know, Netflix going home and watching Netflix, watching movies. Like how did people get through this pandemic? You know, like a lot well, of people, Okay, so
1: that's exactly, you know, that's a perfect example of why again, there's nuance. Cause that is almost the preface to the exact kind of argument that somebody like JP was making. And, like what you just said like mental the mental health capacity is what you're getting or um affect yeah. what you're getting at the need for entertainment the need for um healthy uh release and recreation and not distractions just literally something to keep you from yeah if, if you're not yeah, the, you're talking about the mental health point, to say the least. Yeah, that's the that's the Absolutely. overlap, which is again another. That's the same kind of thing that somebody. Yeah, the JP would have been talking about.
0: <clears throat> yeah, yeah, the
1: the common ground well, is at almost one point. At one point, but <laughs> probably still, and that's that's kind of yeah. I guess the uh, the hmm. Well, the capacity for all of us to connect, if we chain if we if we really get down to you know what you're getting at, what is essential and what is necessary, and what are our priorities, yeah, yeah, there's more than just medical people that are critical to our quality of life, yeah to the uh yeah. health of our community at large for sure for sure yeah much much more yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) were were you looking at something or thinking deep
0: no i'm like yeah it's like yeah it's that's that aspect's been really interesting um of going through this like there was a, actually a meme recently, uh, or it was a while ago, but it was like the um, most essential jobs and least essential jobs. And, you know, like most essential was like, you know, doctors, so on and so forth. And least essential was the first one was artists. And it was like, just like really funny. It like, is kind of funny. Um And so that was making the rounds like during the pandemic. And I think that is indicative and just says a lot about our society um, because I think art and artists are essential, but our our society doesn't realize that or doesn't want to give thrift to that. Um, and it's so interesting because the, because we idolize like artists and, you know, Hollywood actors and, but then in, in like the visions that they bring and the meaning that they create for our lives, but then when it comes down to it, it's like the you know, this society, especially in the U S like the funding for the arts is way down. Um, you know, arts and schools is always like the first programs to get cut. Um, the arts education and yeah, so I mean, that's, I, I did, I actually did two, a two video series on this. Um, on YouTube, about just like the state of arts and um, arts funding, like during the pandemic, and what it's like to be an artist um, during the pandemic when you're like considered not essential, and you're like, "Wow, well, like what am I doing?" You know, um, especially for like that's I've I've done a lot of thinking about that because. My work has this social component to it and social consciousness to it, and so I do feel like when I'm making works, making things, that they there is an essential quality to them, um, because I'm creating conversations, I'm challenging people, I'm, um, you know, create creating culture and culture like in like for example like we're here in snowmass you know people come to the tent to see the see the show and then they go you know to the restaurant afterwards and they go to the store and like so it it really and there was a study done on this too like the because of of the impact on the performing arts and everything getting shut down over the last year that like really affected all the restaurants and like billions and billions of dollars were lost you know um so i just wish our society had more uh of uh recognition and realization of the essentialness of artists you know but <laughs>
1: Amen. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I I do want to, well, thank you. Yeah. That was really important to get out and an important message in and of itself. We take a lot of, um, when we edit these, we take a lot of sound bites out for highlights. There's, Oh, probably, that's great. That'll be yeah. a more, one of the more obvious ones. Awesome. Um, I need to get going, but cool. Yeah. No, it's it. We could obviously keep talking. It, it's wonderful. I'm so glad we. You know, I wrote to you back in January. I'm so glad we. Yeah. Have gotten to connect now, eight months. Later. Yeah, totally. Thank I'm you persevere. for your interest.
0: And <laughs> in, yeah, totally. This this has been great. And yeah, really fun. Really good to chat with
1: you. Did you yeah. ever? I'm gonna remind me to send you that. Um, if you don't look it up on your own, that Ethan Hawke video. I think you might really dig it. But did you also ever see this little? I think 20 minute movie from maybe 2009 called The Butterfly Circus. Do you remember? No, that no. It's not funny, but it is sweet. <laughs> you might appreciate it. Remind okay, me if you don't get them. I'll send you both. If you don't, yeah.
0: I need to. I'm going to write those down right after. So, okay. the Ethan, what's the name of the Ethan Hawk
1: video again? Um, I'll tell you, let's just do it right now. <laughs> Do you, you, I don't have your email. Do you want me to email you? Yeah, go ahead. All right. That way we don't have to think about it. What's your email? Yeah, awesome. Do you want this to be public? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> text, text me your email. And I'll, you. Okay, yeah. awesome. Text me your email um, and I'll, I'll send them over. Okay, awesome. Yeah. They're both Sweet. great. It's called Give Yourself Permission to Be Creative. His TED Talk from last year. Okay. Yeah, just text me your email and I'll send them over. Okay, cool. Yeah, and I gotta find I you I haven't thought about this butterfly circus one in years. Um yeah, they're both, they're neither one of them. It's two thousand nine. It is a two thousand nine film. Um it's a short film, twenty three minutes long. That looks cool. Yeah, it's a sweet little movie. Maybe you and the gang of entertainers will appreciate it.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, awesome.
1: All right. Well, they are. Uh, they're in the email. Just need your address to text that and
0: I'll okay.
1: Get them to you right away. And thanks, dude. <laughs> awesome.
0: Thank you, dude. Yeah, this is great fun. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah, for reals
1: basically what i thought yeah. it would be so <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah
1: i like i said i yeah. wasn't worried I was like yeah don't worry this was not gonna be hard
0: <laughs> yeah yeah me t- it's like it's been so fascinating this too because like um you know for t- a year and a half it was like i was making videos for youtube and stuff but it was very solitary And I spent some time with my family in Maryland and then I was out in the woods in Mendocino living with this circus. And so it was like, I didn't have a lot of conversations like this. And it was like, um, I didn't perform for live audiences. So like the first time we performed in Mendocino, it was crazy because like that was the first longest hiatus from performing i had had in a really long time like many many years probably ever you know and um so just feeling the energy of the audience and like i went out our first night and forgot like literally everything i'm like just like improvising (laughs) like improvising clown on the stage (laughs) like you know and um because the the it was just like something just re-engaging with those muscles you know and so like doing an interview like this i'm like C- can i even do that like
1: <laughs> <laughs> well you know? maybe maybe different <laughs> other people i don't usually think of them as interviews it's more of a conversation but
0: yeah yeah, yeah yeah you
1: might yeah go go find people to interview you get Get your uh, get your feet. Wet.
0: Yeah, yeah. This, yeah, this. And I appreciate that this was like more of a conversation as opposed to just like an interview. Yeah, yeah. An yeah.
1: interview has a different tone. Yeah. Not that not that that's a bad thing. It's just different. It's not my style. Yeah. I'm not a yeah. journalist. So. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> yeah. But um, we'll talk more. Yeah. For talk sure. Again.
0: Thanks, Colin. Thank you. Yeah, nice chatting with you.
1: Have
0: a good night. All right, cool. You too, bye. Bye.
1: Well, there it is. Ross, BS, Sears, Travis, Ross, Travis, Antic in a Drain. If you're, yeah, go connect with them. Find out where the shows are. Maybe you're nearby. I am jealous. They look hilarious. (laughs) Just at least go look at the Instagram um share with him that you've heard more about him especially through this show because uh the show is growing and it will be nice and please again go learn more about jp just don't give him don't give him too much of your attention because i think it's i really do mean i think it's dangerous i think he's dangerous i would like to talk with him because i think he's dangerous um there's not much more to say about it. i think i kind of unpacked it in the intro and obviously ross and i were uh well you heard what we you heard what you heard thank you i want to say one more thing about one of our sponsors philadelphia table company um it's my brother-in-law's company they're fantastic the the, the talent is incredible they are they're going places to say the least eventually it's going to have to be the um the universal table company but um, Paul in particular is is branching out as well because the PTC is is running very smoothly. He's he's always he's an entrepreneur at heart. He's always adding to his tool belt, and one thing he's added is becoming a small business consultant. So he is a personal uh, small business consulting company of himself, and he's literally selling one-on-one conversations um, guidance. He's helped me with Coru with. Uh, Podcasting with the newsletters, with really everything that we do, he's always giving me feedback, and I don't even know. I mean, I'm not even engaging with him on that professional level. When he's actually focused and professional, I know what he's capable of because he literally designed Corus with Philadelphia Table Company, designed Corus entranceway, and built our our front desk. And knowing what he's capable of professionally with, uh, everything that he builds, I can only imagine, um, if I were to engage with him as a new client, so to speak, and not a brother-in-law client, he would offer some unparalleled guidance on a professional level. So I hope you, if you need one-on-one consulting, reach out to him, uh, Paul, well uh, you can find it on social media, but at least go look at Philadelphia Table Company and reach out and see what see where it goes. Talk more about that later. Thank you for listening. Ross you rock. Everybody, be well.